Hello and welcome to Resourceful, stories from the site, proudly brought to you by Resources Unearthed. At Resources Unearthed, we help executives, professionals and business owners in mining and resources to be successful both personally and professionally. We've created this podcast to help you in your employment or business, and we'll be chatting to people who have a proven track record of success in the industry. Thanks for joining us. Today we're joined by Brett Harries, Engagement Lead Manager at Interlate. Interlate operates in the data analytics and AI field, working with their customers to increase operational productivity and value. In addition to working with many clients in mining and resources, Interlate also engages clients in a range of other non-mining sectors, such as water, rail, chemicals, and agriculture. Working with mining giants such as Anglo-American, BHP, Glencore, and Fortescue, an example of Interlate's impact on the mining and resources industry is their recently completed work with a large multinational company that created operational savings worth over $90 million per year. In this episode, Brett shares insights from his 25 years of experience in the industry, including his transition from operations into technology. He discusses how AI works, how it can help mining and resource companies, and how even with the most brilliant technological solution, the bottom line is establishing the right culture of people and engagement within an organization. He talks about the rewards and value of working with a younger generation and how combined with his years of experience, they can learn and grow together to provide real tangible outcomes. Hi, my name is Brett Cribb, Managing Director and Founder of Resources Unearthed, and welcome to Resourceful Stories from the Site. Today, I'm joined by Brett Harris, a part owner and member of the leadership team at Interlate. I've known Brett personally for over 25 years, back when we worked together in Mount Isa. Brett now runs operations at Interlate, a business that operates in the data analytics and AI field and works with their customers to use data to increase operational productivity and value and importantly, at very low to zero capital cost to those customers. I find the possibility of AI astounding and can't wait to hear more about it. As a business, Interlate work with many clients in the mining and resources sector, but also in a range of other non-mining sectors, including water, rail, chemicals and agriculture. As an example, Interlate have recently completed work with a large multinational to create operational savings worth over $90 million per year. Clients include mining giants like Anglo, BHP, Glencore, Fortescue and Newcrest from their base in Brisbane. They're involved in many of the large-scale mining and resources operations throughout Australia and the world. Partners include Siemens, ABB, Bluefield, Zalient, Metso, Engie, Metz, Ignited and Osmine, to name just a few. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to hearing about Brett's journey and how AI works and how it can help mining and resources companies. So wherever you are, Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Resourceful. Well, welcome, Brett, and thanks for joining us. G'day, Brett. Pleased to be here, mate. Excellent. So, Brett, to kick us off today, could you give us a brief overview of how you started in the industry, finishing with your current position at Interlate? Yeah, sure. There's a bit of time to reflect on there, Brett, but, you know, I was fortunate to be born in a mining town, uh, Mount Isa, and I guess 37 years ago, I started off as an apprentice fitter and turner 
while at the same time commencing my university studies. I was very fortunate at Mount Isa Mines because being such a large and diverse operation, I got the opportunity to witness not only the the multi-commodity operations, but, you know, from the underground mining through concentrating, smelting, all the way through the refining. So the end-to-end physical part of the businesses. I guess... Uh, earlier on, after qualifying, I went into some engineering project-type roles, but really most of my uh, career has been around you know, operational-centric type things. Maintenance superintendent in Australia and at UK Britannia Zinc operations, and then returning back to North Queensland, MIM, into management-type roles, initially in the utilities with power and water distribution infrastructure for Mount Isa Mines and, and the local community, and then moving into operations and maintenance managers in the concentrators and smelters with Mount Isa Mines in Mount Isa, and then uh, across via Extrata to um, South America in the concentrators and smelters there, eventually in a general manager's role for the asset management of the South American assets. Yeah. After that, I... Um, Went my own way when uh, the operations were acquired by Glencore, the Mount Isa Mines operations, Extrata then Glencore, and went into management consulting, working in uh, fly-in, fly-out type scenarios in South America, New Guinea, and then back into northwest Queensland around Cloncurry and Mount Isa. I guess it was at that point that my personal circumstances meant that I needed to be closer to home for my wife who was due for an operation which meant that I needed to be there to give her some care for a while as well as that our three sons got to the point where they needed their dad (laughs) so um, I needed a job where I could come home each night and through a colleague of mine I contracted initially to Interlate for a job we did in South Australia that really led to um, me taking a more involved role in, in the business and then a, a full-time role with Interlate. So that's where I am now in the operational side and the delivery and execution of our offerings to our clients. Yeah. So I'd imagine it would have been a bit of a change to go from an operations point of view to a technology business, if you like. You know, And I know our listeners are always intrigued to hear about professions like yours so what did you find different around those things yeah no really good question brett and look i've found a lot of joy and enthusiasm out of it for the first time in a really really long time i had the opportunity with Italate to work with a generation of people fresh out of university which i really hadn't in my uh, you know working for the larger mining global operations i didn't get that chance And it was a real change for me. I've really enjoyed the opportunity. It's something that's always I've been keen to do, to share my experiences with the younger generation and also learn from those guys. It's a really powerful thing, if you like, combining that generational gap where, you know, you've got the worked experience fused with the younger guys that are, you know, formally qualified in this space generally highly intelligent guys but don't know what they know (laughs) if you know what I mean and you combine that horsepower and um, you know some of the stuff that gets turned out from an operational sense having that background myself and knowing the trials and tribulations associated with ringing out that last bit of a recovery in a a processing plant to see a new way of doing that I find it really rewarding and it's a very tangible and real solution for me for the industry. So 
you know, probably along those lines, what have been your biggest learnings in business leadership so far, as well as any challenges you've discovered? Yeah, for sure. Look, there's absolutely no doubt that we need to get it right, if you know what I mean. We, the, the technical solution has to be right. But I've learned after three and a half years with Interlate that that side of the business, I'm very comfortable with that. We work hard at it. We've got passion and drive to get through the tough times. We can get that right. A learning that I've picked up throughout my whole career that was just resounded again with my time at Interlate it's really not so much the technical and the, the number crunching aspect of it. Again, it really is the people and the relationships and the culture and the engagement that you get. This solution and offering is real. It's tangible. People can add the numbers up and get the answer, right? But if it's not supported by the right level of engagement and the right culture, it won't succeed. It's always a challenge most people find. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. People is ninety, just about 90% of what you do. Yeah, you don't realise that at the start when you you're fresh in your career and you're really keen to put it into play some of the skills that you've learned at university is just thinking that's the answer but you've got to work with them. yeah technical so another area of interest i'd imagine for most of our listeners and i've seen is you know working and developing sales and contacts in a covid world uh, would probably have presented some challenges for a business that has been rapidly growing and traditionally may have required a fair bit of on-site visits how have you guys managed that Oh, look, COVID's impacted us, as we all know now, in in way that we could never have predicted. But it's not all negative, Brett. We've learnt that through our style of operation that we've really got a depth in our services and offerings. Not only do we have a remote capability, our own employees can provide that service remotely themselves from their own home offices. And we also found that our clients were able to still continue and participate in that from their own home offices. There's no doubt about it, the travel restrictions that came from the onset of COVID meant that our contact on site and our our sales face was not out in the field. And so we moved into um, that remote communication and and we leveraged our um, web-based access points by using things like LinkedIn micro campaigns to target specific sectors and individuals. As well as that, we revamped our website. As we've continued to grow, our tool set, if you like, has has developed further and further. And uh, we... uh, proudly updated our website with our latest AI capability, which we label the Galaxy Engine. Yeah, (laughs) that's interesting. (laughs) We'll talk some more about that as we go. Sure. Thanks for listening to this episode of Resourceful. You're halfway through. The Resourceful podcast is run by Resources Unearthed, a solutions hub that enables the advice coordination you need from specially selected professionals, including those in tax and accounting, financial, legal and business advice, lending, property, and other specializations. We coordinate your advice needs and advice team, ensuring you stay on track to meet your goals, whether they be personal, financial, or business. To take the first step towards seamless advice alignment, contact our team today at resourcesunearthed.com.au. Now back to this episode of Resourceful. So another question that uh, I've asked most of our participants in our podcast is, 
you know, if you could go back to the day that you transitioned from operations to a business selling to those operations, what advice would you give to yourself? Wow, Brett, that's a, a really good question that needs a bit of thought and reflection. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. I know from my own time in the plant that there's a huge amount of pride and ownership and at times people can be a little territorial <laughs> let's just say <laughs> that could be yes yes <laughs> let's just say that and look in terms of what i would do differently it's really being prepared to open up and recognize that there's capability and expertise external to my immediate organisation that can make significant change, assist in it. When I worked in the plant, there was a huge revolution in the way people did their work. These things called job descriptions were written. They were linked to the business plans. Individual performance was measured against that job description and action plan, which again linked to the objectives of the business plan. People's roles are already full. To expect that you can um, bring in a new methodology yourself while still expecting your people to deliver on their existing commitments is naive. It's almost arrogant to think that I can do this myself. Yeah, so to reiterate, I'd shift my attitude to be a lot more open to uh, utilising someone that can provide that safe on-ramp to my own digital solution or whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting because... I know there are a lot of really interesting niche businesses out there that develop, whether it's technology or whatever, and there's so much they can add to other businesses. And thinking you can do it all yourself is a mistake that I think I see a lot across a lot of different industries. And instead of potentially getting someone in to assist you with it, to get you to that position where you can do it yourself from then onwards, you know, Or, or... you can do it with their assistance you know it's certainly one thing we've found in our business we bring in a lot of external people to help us in our business and geez it runs a lot better because of it oh that's for sure brett i mean as you'd know as well already in those environments in the mining industry in australia there's already a lot of internal competition to bring in an external uh, piece of competition is pretty threatening but what it actually requires i believe is it's really good that there's that ownership within the plants and within the operations whatever the sector is or the industry is but this is about a business decision and it's about making a decision that is actually best for the business and it's recognition that there are people there that can help. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, Brett, would you give our listeners maybe a bit more background about how Interlate uses AI and its applications to assist mining and resources businesses? Yeah, for sure. What we typically do, we establish the engagement. As I said earlier, we've really got to get the right connection with the people first, right? And we do that by actually deploying our employees to site to work as part of the team on site, on shift, uh, attending pre-start meetings and safety meetings. And that's a deliberate move because later on in our process, that communication continues in the virtual world. So the guys are still in those safety meetings, but over the screen. But initially, we use more traditional exploratory and statistical analysis to identify productivity improvements. Now, to just put that in simple terms, it's about using the historical real plant performance for the various feed types to identify the points of best throughput, best recovery, whatever the objective is that the client desires. Because we've got a tool set 
now. We can do that pretty quickly within a few weeks, and that's real. That identifies the best past performance the plant has ever achieved under those circumstances. Our AI capability is really designed to absorb that initial piece of work and it's built in modules that are plugged together. You might have a, you know, there's a, there's a data preparation module. There's a module for each component of the plant. So it can be an end-to-end AI solution, which really is predictive in terms of what's coming, yeah. right? So it looks upstream at various variables, if you like, mm-hmm. to inform downstream the prescriptive set points to maximise the objective, again, being recovery or or throughput or whatever it is. That's something that we can offer remotely from our own facility or it's something that is built and deployed as software onto our clients' uh, environments. So um, another question that we ask a lot of our uh, guests is, do you have any tips for managers or professionals in the mining tech sector potentially yes and including how they could assist other professionals aspiring to transition to the business world yeah yeah oh transitioning to the business world initial thought that come to my mind typically the employees that you have absolutely have the capability to do this as i alluded to before they just unfortunately typically don't have the luxury of time to be able to take it on so i think again to reiterate on the point made earlier be prepared to provide the space to allow your guys to transfer and absorb the information and a new approach with the assistance of an external organization but specifically your question is yeah so like if you like you've, you had your time again yeah you're a professional aspiring to transition to the business world yeah so uh, business ownership if you like what sort of things have you found that could assist someone doing that yeah a couple of things that i've found is you know i was attracted to this piece because it's the way of the future right so it's about identifying something initially that that you're passionate about you're interested in right and that you believe is a market for right now Starting a business is very, very tough, and um, it doesn't matter how excellent your solution is or your project is. You can convince yourself and know that you've got the answer, but my God, it's so important to maintain those relationships and contacts because to me, it's not always what you know, it's who you know that can help (laughs) that can help the start of a business. All right, now that could be as simple as speaking to somebody that you have a contact with about what you do who then passes on those little snippets and and sharing and so look again it comes back to the people and the relationships it took me a long time to realize that brett but um, it's that reoccurring learning throughout my whole time i think you're right in that a lot of business is about marketing that business because as you said there's plenty of technical solutions out there, Definitely. but there's plenty of technical solutions that are really good that have never made it anywhere because they're not marketed to someone in the right way or not that you haven't made the contacts and the connections to, yeah. to make sure that that works. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, with, with capability like this, which is truly transformational, right, it has the ability to absolutely transfer a, an operation to a much higher level of productivity, it's so important to have that supported by the right culture and, and management of change because the technical piece is not enough. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, very good. So um, 
From your perspective, are there any new concepts or trends within AI that could drive further change or productivity in the mining and resources industry? Yeah, for sure, Brett. I touched a little earlier about this modular approach of building AI into an example I was actually talking about was a concentrator. But the concept actually is completely plausible for end-to-end. So we've got modules built for mining, we've got modules in concentrating, and we've also got modules in smelting. All you need to do is plug them together and all of a sudden you've got a financial model of the whole business end-to-end. And we've actually got capability deployed that pulls in sales and marketing information, right, so that the concentrator, depending on a concentrate customer's quality requirements, the concentrator is informed automatically either human in the loop or without human and and complete supervisory control, the concentrator and the mine are informed what is needed to meet the most economic solution for that client's concentrate specification. This this capability is expanding. It's plugging together. And uh, that concept is more than a concept. It's real. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, for a a low-grade concentrate requirement, you might be able to turn up your recovery a bit more or versa versa, turn it down a bit to get the higher concentrate, whatever else it might be. Brett, just to give you a real example along those lines, we've worked with a client whose concentrate had minor elements in it that call for penalties if if you exceeded certain limits. And the, the operation was really, really aware of that. And as a consequence operated their plant at a level that was well below the customer's requirements. Now, the plant was comfortable that they were providing a product that met the specifications. But what it also meant was there's this huge opportunity of payables that was being put to tail. Yeah. So with this type of capability, at a very, very high confidence uh, interval, we can uh, provide tools and support to operate the plant again under a supervisory control system through the, the, the DCS or with um, you know, a human in the loop to achieve the, the... Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So do you see those sort of things happening or what else do you see happening in the future in the industry with regard to use of AI? Look, we see the, the major miners already with autonomous trucks and all that sort of stuff, right? But this sort of capability, you know, it's going to hit some major um, categories of business. It means that waste will be reduced, efficiencies will lift, and we spoke about recovery already. It also means that safety is going to be, you know, significant leverage there to to lift that. With automation, less need for a person to be in a plant. Additionally, your process safety is improved, so there's less chance for... A problem somewhere. A problem in the process. Mm. So, you know, from a sustainability and reputational point of view, when you start lifting uh, your safety performance, your productivity, and your culture starts to, you know, pull together and you you get those bottom-line impacts, it becomes a very, very powerful solution. And the thing about AI is... It can be tailored and bespoke for every process, if you like. Data is data. Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Obviously, we're starting to get a bit of use of it, or a fair bit of use of it in our industry, and, it, and there's some interesting possibilities. Oh, uh, it, it blows my mind every be, day. I'll be happy when they get all fulfilled in this industry. It'll make some significant efficiency gains for us. Oh, definitely, Brett. And yeah. it's, it's, it's the way the world's going, I think, mate. Mm, very good. 
So Brett, probably my final question for you today, which is the one I ask everyone, is what's your funniest or most memorable story from the site? Yeah, Brett, that, I did see that that question in the in the note there, and um, I thought about it before, you know. And the, the two things that come to mind that really are imprinted in in Brett Harry's, if you like, I remember as a, um, a first or a second year apprentice. 1984 or something like that working in the underground maintenance crew and you know the first time going underground standing on the plat and moving into the cage and sort of moved in like a, a mob of sheep oh, and, and so yeah a herd of sheep and, and uh i'm standing in the cage and the you know the cage begins to descend and rapidly rapidly and all of a sudden you see the flash of the different levels and that that wind gust and the rattle of the cage doors and and then all of a sudden I start getting all these shoves and pushes and I, I wasn't the weight back then than what I am now so these guys were um, a little bit bigger yeah yeah they were, they were, they were flicking me around and you know I started getting really worried next minute I heard this this noise behind me of this guy bleating like a sheep <laughs> bah, bah. and I eventually looked around couldn't see anyone then I looked down and I saw, I saw this short I think Italian heritage guy and he looked at me and I looked at him and he bleated at me and his the teeth in his bottom jaw wobbled and uh, I tell you what I just didn't know where I was or what I was doing I, and from that day on I just made sure I was up against the cage <laughs> side before I ever went in there again <laughs> that that just uh. just frightened me I guess another funny but funny in a different way just to to show how things have changed Brett now this this would have been around about the same time I was still early in my apprenticeship and there was a, a shutdown in the crushing plant of the lead zinc concentrator in Mount Isa. One of the crushers' mantle shafts had failed. And, and this was a 48-hour activity. So we were on site, and you lived on site for the time of the shutdown. If you needed a rest, you went into the crib room and you, and you had a sleep, right? But you, then you came back out and got back into it again. And so we were partway through that, and another crusher failed. Anyway, we ended up on site. I ended up on site, not seeing anyone else except my workmates for about three days. And at the end of the job, the supervisor came up to me and he said, do you like yellowies, greenies or blueies? And I had no idea what he was talking about. We went into the crib room and there they were. There were cold beers on the table in the crib room. <laughs> yeah. That would not happen that today, That would happen now, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that would not happen, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Times have changed, That's mate. right, yeah. Well... Brett, thanks for joining us today and giving our listeners some insight into the world of AI in mining and resources. It's been great to have you here, so thanks very much. No problems at all, Brett. Happy to be part of it. Excellent. So for those listening, if you'd like to speak to Brett, you're more than welcome to connect with him on LinkedIn and you'll see some more information on our webpage as well that you've looked at, as well as the show notes, as well as Interlate's information on our podcast series page. So thanks for listening, and if you have a spare minute, we'd love you to leave us a review via your favourite platform and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. So thanks. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks, Brett. Thanks for watching this episode of Resourceful, Stories from the Site. 
We'll be, we'll back, be back in a month, month with, more with more tips, tips and, and insight from, from other industry, industry leaders. leaders. We'd love We'd to love connect, to connect with, you. with you. You can you find, can us, find on us on all the usual, usual social, social channels, channels and our website, resourcesunearthed.com.au. Make, Make sure, sure to subscribe to our, to our podcast on your favourite platform, platform so you never miss an episode. episode.